Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody with acne and painful acne and adult acne know it's not just having acne. It's thinking about acne 24-7 because it's painful on your face. It causes you to always think about the person behind you. If I'm wearing a tank top and they like, what are they going to think about me if, if they see my back or, you know, not looking people in the eye or it's everyday life things that people don't think about that is just, it's so detrimental to everybody's self-confidence. Like many others out there in the world, I have suffered with adult acne. I have cancelled plans with friends because my acne was flaring up. I have tried every face cream, moisturiser and cleanser to try and get rid of it and always had zero results. And I have also lathered up my face with concealer and foundation and powders because I felt embarrassed to show my quote-unquote naked skin to exes of mine. So it's people like Mick Saison that truly, truly help me and make me feel less alone when it comes to acne. On her Instagram page, she openly talks about her experiences with adult acne. And it's honestly just so refreshing because acne isn't something that's spoken about enough in the media. Even in the body positive movement, skin positivity and skin acceptance needs to be spoken about more because so many people are dealing with it every day of their lives. So I had to bring Mick onto the show. I just had to. We both shared our experiences taking the drug Accutene and getting unsolicited skin advice from loved ones and strangers. We also spoke about normalizing normal bodies. And somehow that topic led to a discussion about vulva masks and Netflix controversial movie choices more on that later i had such a great chat with mick i could go on many rants and many tangents with her and also i could just admire how adorable and how cute her dog blue is i'm obsessed with that dog if you're on her instagram page make sure you also try and find blue he's just this beautiful little specimen anyway without further ado here is mick saison so we should get cracking on into the interview, which again, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to talk about several topics and issues that you have spoken about openly on your social media. And the first one I really would love to go into is how you are so open and speaking about your skin. That recent video you posted, by the way, I love it. I still get so scared posting those because it is so incredibly vulnerable for the majority of my life, I would say that I started getting pretty severe acne um, when I was around 13. So maybe even like 12. I don't, I don't really remember. Um, But I started medication, oral and topical. And I was always the person in my friend group who didn't have clear skin. 
Like everybody in my friend group always had clear skin. And I always found so much shame in that. I always carried around cover up with me, whether it be in soccer games, whether it be in different sports activities, it was just always there. And I was always so cognizant of it. Um, I carried it in my backpack at school. And so it wasn't until recently where I became open about it because it was that one thing nagging at me every single day that I just couldn't not talk about it. I, I, I didn't even talk about it in therapy because I was that ashamed of it. And I think the shame came from, you know, going into doctor's offices and then them saying things like, well, are you on medication? And without me even saying anything about my acne, they would just bring it up. And knowing that it was the first thing that they saw about me, that reinforced the idea that my body is how I'm worthy, or my body is the main reason why people like me or don't like me, you know? Mm. And so it was actually in partnership with Tula where I remember it so clearly. I was trying so hard to show up on social media and it was around the time where I like maybe did two posts of how um, I am working on my confidence with acne and they reached out and they were like, we would love to partner with you. And I was like, well, I, let me try the products first. And ever since then, they have been like walking with me through this journey of being confident in my skin. And that's really, really special when you find a company that has like brought out the good in you. And that's why I believe in them so much because they were such a, they were my best friend during that time. My tool products were my best friend during that time because it allowed me to show up every day, even without makeup. And they, they reinforced that, yeah, you have acne, but that's not the first thing that I see about you. And these products give you a reason to talk about it. So through that, I just became more open about it. And more people started to be like, yeah, like I have acne scars. I have cystic acne. I have this, I have that. And I have found such a great community through that. By the way, they don't get enough recognition. They're like these micro influencers that are being vulnerable every single day of their life, mm -hmm. like sharing close up photos of their inflamed skin. And I'm like, man, I resonate with that, but like, I can't even do that right now. And so like, thank you for showing up because that gives me inspiration to show up the way that I am. So the reason why I'm, I do that is not because I'm that confident to do it by myself, but because I've, I've found my community that is walking alongside of me. So sorry, that was like a really long drawn out explanation, <laughs> but I feel like I had to tell that story. No, that's a good, no, no, that's a good, we encourage rants and tangents always on this podcast. So yes, longer the answers, the better. Absolutely. So I have to ask as well. So I saw recently that you went on Rakuten and I remember when I went on Reacatine about two years ago, I had like a, a couple of loved ones, a couple of friends give advice that I didn't ask about. Tell me their facts about Reacatine or warn me against it or just have to say everything about it. 
I just had a few people and that pissed me off. How has it been for you having complete strangers message you <laughs> every day, probably about a drug that was prescribed to you by a dermatologist? How's that going? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not just one message a day. It's probably about like 50 to hundred messages a day. Damn. However, at the beginning, I saw those rather than seeing the thousands of other messages saying this really, really worked for me and I'm so happy for you. And I think that's just, it's, it's the human in us to always look at the negative first rather than the positive, but it does get to me because a, a lot of people don't understand. And most of them actually are, are people with clear skin <laughs> and they're telling me what to do. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about because you haven't been through it. And then um, the other people are, actually there's three different categories. People with clear skin, people who know of somebody who has had a bad experience, but they don't actually know them. They're like a friend of a friend of a friend. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> or then somebody who has gone through it and had a negative experience. And I talked to my therapist about it and I worked through it through my words, I said my feelings and I came to this conclusion during therapy that the people that are saying negative things about it haven't done their inner work and the people who have gone on Accutane or Ro Roactane, I think is what you said, um, mm. they weren't so cognizant of their mental health going through that because there's such a stigma around therapy and around speaking your feelings and around checking in with yourself. And, you know, I've done so much inner work over the years. And again, I've been dealing with acne since I was so young and I've been with the same dermatologist. So we've tried everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have tried everything and everybody with acne and painful acne and adult acne know it's not just having acne. It's thinking about acne 24 seven because it's painful on your face. It causes you to always think about the person behind you. If I'm wearing a tank top and they like, what are they going to think about me if, if they see my back or, you know, not looking people in the eye or it's, everyday life things that people don't think about that is just, it's so detrimental to everybody's self-confidence, whether you like it or not. And working through that over the years, I'm, I'm confident now going outside and um, without makeup and wearing tank tops and stuff, but it's painful. Yeah. And so now when I see those comments, I'm like, you just haven't done the inner work and that's okay. Doesn't mean I don't react sometimes and I'm like, you don't know anything. <laughs> um, and I do make posts about like unsolicited advice and stuff because it's important that we know not to give unsolicited advice because it's, mm. it's just not necessary, but yeah. Yeah. And I love also, I think it was recently you posted about the effects of Accutene Wait, are they different or Accutane and Accutane? That's really bad if I don't know this, even though I've been on it. <laughs> no, I, I think that they're the same. I think they're the same. Ah, maybe um, it's just the Aussie just... way of saying it. Don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, to be honest, because I've heard it said, um, like, I've, I wish I knew what it, I, okay, yeah, so I mine should know this. Yeah. Iso, isotretinoin, that's yeah, Accutane. That's, yes. Oh, that, that's um, the one I took, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
then I think it's called multiple things. I just don't know why. Ah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. I'm learning about that now, even though it's been two years now. That's pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Great. I know the name of it. Awesome. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what's really awesome as well, what you do, you talk about the side effects of it, which I, I wish I had, I had this information two years ago because so many people would just say, um, Acutine was like the, the best result. It, it, it's like, you know, the, the quick fix kind of crap, which it's very exhausting because when you've posted about it, you said like, it's a lot, you know, it, there is, um, effects it can have if you accidentally get pregnant as well. Freaking lips. I remember my lips would just peel all the time and just bleed constantly. So thank you for talking about the side effects of that because no one does that. No, it's not. It, Taking racketine isn't easy. It's not just taking a tablet. So thank you for that. It hit me yesterday. I went out to dinner with a couple of my friends and I forgot my aquaphor and chapstick. And I was sitting there and I was like licking my lips. And I was like, oh God, like this is so bad. (laughs) It hurt to smile. And yeah, but it's, again, you just have to be prepared. That's why I I share the side effects because it is important to know. And even people on YouTube, they don't really talk about the side effects that much. I was looking up YouTube videos and no one tells you exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. And I'm like, just tell me. Yeah, exactly. And they don't tell you how it's going to affect your mental health. I didn't remember ever getting told about that. I was just like, oh, it's fine. And I was just like, why am I feeling depressed all of a sudden? What? I was not told this. Oh yeah. It, it hit me two days ago. I woke up and I was like, oh God, this is bad. And I knew what it was because I had done hours and hours of research on it. And I asked my dermatologist and Mm -hmm. psychiatrist, like, and therapist, if it was the right decision. And they, they warned me about everything, but it hit me. And I was like, okay, today I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to do some puzzles. I'm going to just like really try to get through today because I know this is temporary. So yeah, it's, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go for still continuing. Cause yeah, it's a hard drug and yeah, I get very annoyed and people just think it's just this easy thing you just take for a year or so. It's just like, nah, it's not, it's definitely not. Yeah. So other than skin, something else that you definitely do talk about a lot on your social media is the, is normalizing normal bodies. And you do include skin as well in that because fun fact, skin is part of the body. Why are you so passionate about that? Well, growing up, I thought I was, I thought I was like, like my body was wrong. Mm. Like I literally thought that I was just not an okay human. (laughs) I specifically remember a time I just had knee surgery and I was an athlete growing up, competitive soccer player. And I was trying to figure out like just my body because I was going through puberty. I think I was like 15 or 16 at the time. And my younger brother, he's eight years younger than I am. And, um, I, I looked at him and I was like, am I fat? Like, cause I know younger people will t- just tell me the truth. <laughs> like they don't yes. really have any filter. <laughs> yep. If um, you're looking ugly, they'll be like, you're ugly today. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, same thing with acne. They'll just be like, what is that? And I'm like, mm. my cousin once asked me, why did I look like a pizza face? And then they asked me, do I have measles? I was like, if you weren't six years old, 
thing. I have never heard anybody that, that has gotten called a pizza face before other than myself. I feel so at home right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, young yeah, kids, they like, will tell you. <laughs> 100%. And so I asked him, I was like, do I look fat? And he was like, well, you have like roles. And he didn't say yes or no, but I, yeah. I just like walked around and no one really like no one had acne. No, I was, I grew up around athletes cause I was an athlete, but I, mm. I definitely had a different body type than my friends. I was like rock solid. I gained muscle very, very quickly. And I was, I just looked different and that's, that's okay. And so I kind of carried that with me. I was always the bigger friend, even though I lived in a very privileged body and I am white and blonde and I have those privileges with me. However, knowing that I was the the biggest friend out of my friend group really hurt me every single day when I was around them. Cause I couldn't just go in their closet when they told me that I could borrow a jacket. No, your jacket doesn't fit my shoulders. I have like butter churning shoulders <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and so growing up with that and then going through three different eating disorders, orthorexia, bulimia, and binge eating disorder, I, I alienated myself from everybody. And I just went through all of these things alone. And so me being so vocal about these things that I never thought were normal is how I'm normalizing everything, whether it be razor burns, whether it be stomach rolls, however, like whatever size you are and however you show up in the world and back acne and whatever it is, you know, like whatever it is that you don't think is normal and what society doesn't think is normal or what they make you think isn't normal is freaking normal they just don't talk about it so that they can make their coin and so that they can make their coin off of cellulite creams and diet products i mean the 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 health and fitness industry is a 70 billion dollar industry and they make hundreds of millions that industry makes hundreds of millions of dollars per day based on exploiting people's insecurities every single day and you just have to look at the bigger picture and that's why I seek truth in everything because it's important to know. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it is very true. Like, yeah, the, the industries that we think we need to always fix ourselves, that's what they teach us. They tell us all the time, you need to fix ourselves. Like, I don't know if you heard, like there was even um, a new product that came out and it's like a vulva mask because apparently our vaginas need, apparently our vaginas have wrinkles and look at your face. What? <laughs> Yeah, I did not know about <gasps> this. Oh, you girl. need to send this to me in an email so <laughs> yes, I can I do. rip this these people apart. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right, I need to give you the tea then. All right, so this woman, she created this thing called a vulva mask, which by the way, ends up, you have to use it three times a week, which ends up being like 75 bucks a week. So who I, I don't know who can afford 75 oh bucks a week for masks. And yeah, you put it down there. And it's meant to get rid of wrinkles, help with the appearance and make it youthful, all this kind of stuff. 
but it's just like again another thing to make people feel bad about themselves and make them think like oh I didn't know I had a problem down there oh guess I should try and fix it I am disgusted yeah and I'll tell you why I'm disgusted because a lot of that stems from the porn industry it stems from pedophilia and wanting women to look younger Mm. it it stems from deeper rooted issues and we're all just stuck in this world where we're supposed to be sexy, but only sexy for men. We're not taught to be sexy for ourselves. Like it's just so disturbing that in the nineties or even before that, I mean, I grew up knowing that I needed to shave my vulva. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you go back in history and the sign of maturity and the sign of being a woman was actually like growing hair in your pubic area. And that's how like way back in the day, I'm talking about like way, way, way back in the day. That's how they, they saw that it was, they were mature enough to mate with. And so the fact that we are, we are trying to, we as in society and messed up people are trying to tell us that we need to look like 10 year olds is absolutely disgusting and it's not realistic. And so when you like you look at porn stars and you look at, you look at all of that stuff, like they have surgery, they have all of that to make their vulvas look a certain way to look younger. Mm -hmm. And that really messed with my head growing up because I didn't know, again, I didn't know that my body was normal. Right. And then you see bikinis, you see bikinis these days. And I'm like, (laughs) they're like they're like two inches wide and I'm like only one lip can fit in there because like I have no idea what is going on here (laughs) like what is happening yes you just you're just like where does this even go like is this like this is more than like a wedgie this is like this is this won't even cover one it's just yeah I didn't understand (laughs) it yeah it's ridiculous Speaking of more controversial stuff as well that you have spoken out about publicly on your Instagram page is about the movie 365 Days. I need to talk to you about that because Netflix has also released another controversial movie, which is called, what is it, Cuties? Has Netflix not learned that maybe don't put out movies that promote Stockholm syndrome, abuse, and now I don't know how to word it, like how to like make young girls pretty much make young girls look sexy to an older audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, um, Maria? Okay. So I am ugh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> rant away, rant first, away. Yeah. First, I don't believe in censor- censorship. I believe that, you know people can like create content that they want and publish it, whatever. However, it is negligent and not responsible of Netflix to be putting these kinds of movies out on a platform where the majority of people who watch it are like younger. I forget what the demographics is of Netflix, but they are college students. They are high schoolers and they are like young adults. And when we talk about the brain development and even like even deeper how like how we're taught to be completely abstinent at least in america um we teach abstinence uh sex programs instead of uh safe sex programs 
where we're just taught to completely just avoid sex rather than, you know, having safe sex, which doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's so bad. So when Netflix chooses to put these movies on a platform where the majority of their watchers are young and some of their brains haven't fully developed yet and they don't know how to fully make responsible decisions, that becomes a serious issue. And, you know, I've heard so many people talk about, you know, 365 days is like, what's the difference between crap? What is that one movie where it was like a, tr- a trilogy or whatever? On um, Fifty Shades? Yes. Yeah. People were comparing it to Fifty Shades in, in 365. And I was like, well, Fifty Shades isn't on Netflix. Like you actually have to purchase it and you have to go through these steps in order to watch it. And this movie is number one trending when you open up Netflix. You're saying that a teenager is going to look at the, the best love story on, on Netflix right now. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I, again, I don't believe in censorship. However, if they are going to choose to put the movie 365 days on it, they better, <laughs> they better put some disclaimers and resources in there explaining what Stockholm syndrome is, what abuse is, what kind of abuse is in this specific movie. Because me growing up, those were the exact movies that allowed me permission to get in a relationship like that. And not that it was the main reason. However, I did end up getting in a relationship like that. I did have Stockholm syndrome. I was, um, trigger warning, you know, I, I was in a very, very abusive relationship for four years of my life at a very, very young age. And it's movies like that that don't help because we're not taught safe sex. We're not taught any of these things. And then when you talk about the, mov- the movie Cuties, I haven't really done any research in it. Um, I just saw an uproar. It's actually on my to-do list today. But um, like even the photo, the, the oh, main photo yes. that you see, I'm like, what is happening? Like, especially with the recent events of political issues around child sex trafficking or child trafficking, like Mm. you, Netflix, what? Mm. You're going to put, like, what, where is your brain? (laughs) Who is making this okay? The audiences are adults. So adults are watching like, look, it would be a different story if, say, if the movie was was more curated for younger girls. Like, you know, if they made it like more of a kids movie and they think about it kind of thing. Obviously, then the poster would be, I think, a little bit different. But it's for adults, though. So, like, I, I don't know if you've watched the trailer, but I, this, this bit in the trailer that just irks me of the joke of these older teenage boys mistaking 11-year-old girls for being older. And that's in the trailer. No. Yes, that's in it. Okay. Yeah, that's you need it. Yeah, and after. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do that right after. <laughs> I need you to message me after and just be like, express your thoughts. It's just, oh, no. it's infuriating. And yeah, it's seen as like a joke. It's just like, that's not funny because the thing is, men actually do that. They do that. Okay. What 100%. is cat? Okay, I've been catcalled when I was like 11 or 12 years old by adult men. Like. They actually do that. They actually see girls that clearly are underage and they still see them as sexual objects. Like, it just cries And I years. think, I mean, it's also 
like younger women think that that's like cool too. Like I, I remember when I was like 16, 17 and guys 30 years old would say like, Oh, you're beautiful. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's so flattering. Like an older man thinks I'm, I'm beautiful. Now looking back at it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was so fucking wrong. Sorry yeah. for my language. No, swear <laughs> as much as you want. Okay. <laughs> um, like, how is that? Okay. And we're not, we're not taught that that's wrong because mm. it's, it's completely wrong. Yeah. It's so messed up. Like imagine if say you're talking to like a friend or your father or just a close loved one and they were an adult and they said to you, Oh yeah, I, I, um, Oh yeah. I yelled out at some girl. She was in, she was in a primary school uniform or a high school uniform. You just be like, what? And that's okay. You would, you would think they're disgusting, but for some reason it's so normalized. It's okay. Like it's just, we live in a mess oh, yeah. world. We do. I, I went to, um, a Christian middle school and high school for a little bit. And so I was, I wore a school uniform and like after school, it was a thing for us to just go to the mall as young teenagers do, <laughs> um, and just yep. like walk around and be like, oh, I'm pretending we're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that caused so much attention because we were in a uniform and I'm like, that's even more gross. Uh, oh, see, that's, how is that? Okay. Like, it's just, it's not, I don't get it. I don't get society and I don't get like how there's certain behaviors that are not just normalized, but sometimes even encouraged for men and mm-hmm. yeah, I can rant about that all bloody day. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, I think that's all the ranting we have time for, my dear. Otherwise, we could rant about, you know, bloody vulva masks and inappropriate movies <laughs> all day long. And I expect you <laughs> to tell me what you think about vulva masks when I oh, send I you will. the link. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I, you know, there's very few people that I like connect with like this. So I, I really, really appreciate your heart and your soul that, that you put into your work. So I'm excited to see where all of this goes. And thank you so much for having me. That was the lovely Mick Saison. For more discussions on acne, mental health and body positivity and the Normalizing Normal Bodies movement, make sure you follow Mick Saison on her Instagram and YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star review. The Nasty Woman Club is still a small business, so every review helps. If you want to show your extra love and support for the show and the Nasty Woman Club platform, we have now a PayPal account. Click on the PayPal account link in today's show notes if you want to donate. Every dollar helps keep this podcast and the Nasty Woman Club going. For more stories on the world of intersectional feminism, head on over to thenastywomanclub.com or the Nasty Woman Club Instagram and Facebook pages. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you all next week for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.